That's the Mile High Hoops podcast with me, Zach By, powered by my friends at Superbook Sports. Stand up, Nuggets Nation. Denver Sports presents the Mile High Hoops podcast with Zach By. Denver Sports is your home for the most Nuggets content. Now here's your host, Zach By. What is up and welcome to another edition of the My Hoops podcast. As always, I am your host, Zach By, And as always, I appreciate you spending a sliver of your busy day with me here on the podcast. Reacting to the 11th consecutive win at Ball Arena for the Denver Nuggets. This time in the form of a 122-109 it's fair to say blowout victory of the Los Angeles Lakers. It never really uh, felt close, to be totally honest with you. Um, the, the the Lakers' largest lead in this game was three. At one point, the Denver Nuggets were up 20. Never did this game feel in doubt, especially when you get the notification about three hours, four hours beforehand that LeBron James wasn't going to play. And as someone who was going to miss the second half of the national championship game between Georgia and TCU because he had tickets to Lakers Nuggets, I was supremely disappointed. I really was. And I was just even more disappointed. I had a couple buddies who I have not seen in uh, nine years, I think we boiled it down to, friends from college who every year do like a a cross-country trip and try to hit a football and a basketball game, whether it's the same day or day over day, uh, which was the case here with the Broncos uh, Chargers on Sunday and and Lakers Nuggets on on Monday. And I was just so disappointed for them because they're Lakers fans and uh, they're great people and they love LeBron James. And you get that notification that LeBron is going to sit this one out because of of a sore ankle. I got to be honest with you. I'm not buying it. Um, I think that LeBron is hyper aware that he has a game on TNT on Thursday night against the Dallas Mavericks. I know he's hyper aware that he's 35 points shy of 38,000. Um, and he wants to reach that uh, mark on national television. I mean, it, it's, that's, that's, it, it was not a back-to-back. He will play on Thursday, and that's, that's my um, speculation. That's my sort of conspiracy theory. But um, I, I think it's uh, founded in um, logic, okay? Uh, he is very close. LeBron is. He is very close from passing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I mean, very close. Uh, like I said, he's on the doorstep of 38,000 points, just 35 points away. And then from there, he'll only be 380. 88 points shy of passing Kareem and he's been on a scoring tear. I think he wants to do it on national TV. So that's my, that's my tinfoil hat um, conspiracy. So anyway, um, I was in the building. It was great to be there. The place was completely sold out. I mean, completely Um, really great energy, great atmosphere for largely just to be honest with you, um, a very unremarkable, forgettable game, um, mostly. Um, outside of you know one or two things that we'll talk about here, this was a, uh, a, a Lakers team that was uh, not very impressive. This was you know the Russell Wilson or Russell Wilson, Freudian slip there. Russell Westbrook, um, you know um, Schroeder type of you know matchup, um, just not really inspiring. And I think within the first really five six minutes of the game. Denver was like looking at its opponent from across the the ring and being like, okay, we can we can operate a handful of different ways. All of which, um, when you hit the equal sign, uh, is gonna is gonna turn out to be a Denver Nuggets win. Um, 
I wasn't really imp- offensively. I wasn't really impressed with the team. I mean, the the, the way that they had been playing and in, in, in the connected nature and the the togetherness on the floor didn't see too much of that. I guess because they didn't need to play like that. Um, I would have still liked them to play like that, but um, human nature sometimes takes over here, and it's the marathon of an NBA uh, season. So you saw guys, you know, maybe go into business for themselves just a little bit. I mean, I, I think I can fairly put Jamal Murray in that category, not to any sort of detriment or to be overly negative. But J- Jamal saw this as an opportunity, um, you know, much like in the games against Houston um, from about a month ago to be like, OK, like I'm going to get some shots up. Um, and Jamal's at such a place on this comeback trail where, where on a night like last night, I guess I'm OK with it. Um 29 shots, that's a definitely a season high. 34 points, that is a season high. So good for Jamal, although it came in um, you know, individualistic type of way. Um, that was okay. It was good to see Jamal, you know, finishing um in traffic a little bit. Um, that was nice to see up close. Um uh what else? I mean, he scored at all three levels, you know, and that was, you know, good to see. And like I said, when he's willing to put his body in harm's way. Uh, attacking the basket. Um, I, I, I made a little note of that uh, in, in, in my notepad while at the game. Um, Nikola Jokic, what do you say? Another triple-double on just five shots. And he made all five. A perfect triple-double. It was just the 12th time in NBA history that a player has a triple-double with taking five shots or less. This is so unusual. Um, this is not the first game that he went perfect from the floor. Earlier in the season, he had a game he went 4-4 four four, um, against the Chicago Bulls. Um, this is a game where he was dishing the basketball left and right. He finished with 16 assists. Um, I think he had 10 or 11 of those at halftime. Um, I was actually like a minute or two late to my seat. And one of the first like five or six plays is Jokic driving baseline and just no looking over the head hook past a, a, a diving Aaron Gordon for um, a dunk. Uh, Gordon had uh, rebounded it well, 10, 10 points um, in 22 minutes, uh, gotten a little bit of foul trouble, just nine points. But I thought he was good. Um, but Jokic was just, you talk about, and Malone was asked about this after the game, like he is, uh, Jokic is the ultimate um, let the game come to you type of guy. I mean, he really is. And, and my colleague here at the fan asked uh, Michael Malone after the game, like, does he come in with that? mindset do you think or is it like literally on the fly and he's just like look this dude just um he just takes what the defense gives him and and all coaches say that's so easy to say it almost sounds silly like reducing um someone's like diagnosis like yeah he takes what the defense gives him but like in the most literal sense, like that's how Jokic operates and um, he doesn't force anything. And it was a night, like I said, like five or six minutes into the game. It was like, yeah, like the Nuggets are going to win. It's just a matter of if they play with their food and win by four or they, you know, keep their foot on the gas. They could have won by 20, 25 points. Um, but because I think of a, a bit of the disjointed offensive nature, it was just a, uh, a uh, what was a 13 point win? Um, like I said, it could have been by 20, 25 um, defensively, though, I'll say this. The reason that they won by uh, 13 and not 4 or 5, um, because I thought defensively defensively they were pretty good. Um, not the best effort of the season, but considering like what the tone of this podcast was even like a month ago, you go back and remember what some of those games looked like. Um, they were making the concerted effort to, you know... Um, 
uh, I'll bring it defensively. Um, and I want to give a quick shout out to uh, Zeke Naji, who only played 13 minutes. He's he got he's got to um, um, not foul at the rate that he does, and some of it is just kind of you just kind of shake your head. A young basketball player, but uh, I want to say this. I had good seats last night, okay? Maybe uh, maybe 15 rows behind the basket. Um, and Zeke, you get a better appreciation watching him up close for the physical specimen that he is and the way he's able to move laterally. Like, that is part of the reason he was the 22nd pick in the NBA draft in 2020. Um he was good defensively. He really was. He blocked a couple shots and just on the switches and just that lateral movement. It's like, yo, I, I, I have eyes on this. Like this is such a, this is today's NBA and he's got that quality. Um, so like, um, you know, six points on three or five shooting for Zeke, but it was, you know, active on the glass. It was how he looked defensively uh, was really encouraging. And a couple blocks. Look, the Nuggets had 11 block shots as a team, most in any game this season. Um, Aaron Gordon had four of them. Um, uh, uh, Jokic had a block. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. Uh, had a block. Um yeah, a couple for uh, a couple for Zeke, another one for Bruce Brown. By the way, Bruce Brown banged up his hand a little bit. He said after the game, it's not a big deal. He has had that hand uh, operated on in the past, uh, but he said after the game, just just banged it, just you know a little bit sore. Uh, but we'll we'll keep our eye on that anyway. Um, Bruce, you know, once again, Bruce Brown made three three pointers. Um, he continues to shoot it well. I mean, it's it, like largely consistent. I mean, Bruce Brown was coming off a game in Cleveland. Um, on Friday night where he hit uh, three threes again. So six threes in the last two games uh, for Bruce Brown. He has um, really largely been um, terrific. You're talking about a guy who is, uh, let me pull it up here. What is it now? It's, uh, well, he's shooting 50% from the floor, almost exactly, and 41% from three. I mean, just incredible. And the rate that he's um, uh, taking open threes is the most by a country mile of his career. And you're seeing a positive um, percentage uh, reflect the open nature of some of those shots uh, and, and the benefit of, of, of playing alongside um, alongside Nikola Jokic. Um, what? Um, oh, I, I mentioned, I, I want to mention this. I, I listened to the, um, I'm driving home, listen to the post game, listen to uh, Mike Malone. And he's like, look, I've been around this league like 22 years. And he's like, you know, even with my dad and, He's like having having a having a guy take five shots. He said most guys would be upset. He's talking about Jokic, right? Going five for five. He's like most guys would be upset. Um, you know, Jokic isn't. And I don't even think like I, I don't even think like you can't even compare like the tenor of a five shot game from former superstars to Jokic. He just that's that's just not where his mind is at. Um, not even close. I mean, I, I think it was a conscious effort to not take more shots. It's not like the game just didn't come his way. He could have taken more shots. Um, I wonder, though, if he if he consciously was like, OK, tonight's a night we're going to win. If it's ever in doubt, I'll just take over offensively. But in the meantime, I'm just going to I'm just going to feed my teammates and get my assists up. Now, someone could tell me that, no, Jokic doesn't think about stats at all. That's stupid, Zach. I don't think it's that stupid. I really don't. Um, is it totally unthinkable that Jokic would not want to average a triple-double? I don't think that's unthinkable. I think that's normal human stuff. Again, you can disagree with it. I'm not even saying I feel this way, but I'm, I'm like open to the idea that Jokic actually wants to average a triple-double for a season. And after 16 assists last night, he is now averaging 
12.7 assists a game to go with his 25 points, to go with his 11 rebounds. He, I believe he's going to win the MVP. I've been saying that um, for a long time now. I, I said that before the season. If he makes an undeniable case like he did uh, again a season ago, I just don't think that voters are going to like dig their heels and like, damn it, I'm not going to vote for him for a third time or, you know, I just like he's shooting the most effectively of anyone in the league. He is surpassing everything he did in his previous MVP seasons. He's doing it on a team that's winning more than any of the previous MVP seasons. He's like the the Nuggets are now number one in most power rankings than the number one seed in the Western Conference. And night overnight, guys, Nikola Jokic has now leapfrogged both Jason Tatum and Giannis Antetokounmpo in the MVP category. We've been tracking this now for a few weeks. Just uh, three weeks ago, he was. 20 to 1 he's now in between 3 and 4 to 1 to win it it's just him and Luca it's him and Luca and, and excuse me I just misspoke I said between 3 and 4 up to 1 he's a uh, plus 290 meaning that if you put $100 on Jokic to win MVP and he goes on and wins it you would only you'd get your stake of 100 back and win 290 that's it that is it if you bet it 3 weeks ago would you netted you $2000 I mean, think about that meteoric rise. It's just silly. It's just silly. So I love to see it. Um, Nuggets, a championship odds, by the way, drop day over day from nine to one to eight to one. So if you're ever thinking about taking a, a taking a flyer or even to come out of the West, the Nuggets are now number one favorite along with Golden State Warriors to come out of the Western Conference. So this team is just playing its best basketball. It feels like a unique group that has all the traditional components to uh, to win a championship. So um, this is really exciting. 11 straight home wins. I think it's 13 of their last 16 uh, games uh, have been W's. They're now 17 and 3 playing in Denver. Really exciting group. The head of the snake is uh, nearly leading the MVP race again. Jamal Murray coming, uh, you know, uh, putting in a career high. Um, this is really exciting. This is really, really exciting. So uh, we'll continue to obviously track things. Okay, the Nuggets now move to 27 and 13. Number one seed in the West with the tiebreaker uh, over Memphis. Memphis next has um, the Spurs at home. So that's probably going to be a W. Uh, the Nuggets next have um, the Suns on Wednesday night uh, on national television uh, on ESPN. So um, opportunity to uh, uh, maybe get the best of a Suns team that has not been very good this year and has really struggled away from Phoenix. So we'll leave it there for now, guys. Uh, have a great rest of your day. Please, if you feel like we deserve five stars, give it five stars here uh, on a rating, whether it's Spotify, iTunes, whatever. Um, that's really uh, the best way you can support this podcast along with uh, telling a friend. So shout out to our sponsor, Superbook Sports, and whatever happens on ESPN on Wednesday night, against Phoenix, you can bet. We're going to be talking about it the next day right here on the Mile High Hoops podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the Mile High Hoops podcast powered by Superbook Sports. Until next time.